P. Ryan is in. One timeout for Cincinnati. And going deep into the end zone and caught by Chase. Oh, my goodness, what a crab. 34-yard touchdown throw. Burrow back to throw. Fires deep down the yeah. sideline. Chase wide oh, open. Oh, oh. Touchdown. Man. Bengals. Unreal. Hello and welcome to episode 184 of Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, the Bengals UK podcast. My name is Paul Hirons. Welcome to the first episode of the new season proper. How exciting is that? Well, it's very exciting. Apart from uh, we lost on Sunday, so uh, there we go. And joining me, fresh from his travels, is Nathan Palmer. Nathan, hello. How you doing, my son? Um, tough one to swallow that, wasn't it? Uh, in more ways than one. A uh, bit of a slap round the face. Um, slap round the yeah. face? It was slap round the arse, slap round the legs, slap in the head, slap in the tits, whatever you want to call it. We were slapped all over. That's how I was feeling on Monday morning. Just frustrating, wasn't oh. it? Oh. I mean, one of those games where you just desperately want to play again just to sort of I know at your system because it's just oh I just felt sick as a dog at the end it was just you know from almost guaranteeing the win on multiple occasions to then being like oh it might probably just be a tie to then oh hang on a minute you know they've won it I it just it was just maddened me I've just I've been ever so slightly pissed off since Sunday and it, I, normally it dissipates by um, by Monday, but it's, it's Tuesday and I'm still feeling a bit grumpy from it all. Yeah, me too. It's never good when you lose a game, but to lose to the Steelers, who are a bang yeah. average team, and oh, oh, no. do you know what I mean? I mean, we're AFC champions and we spoke about this last week. Everyone's spoken about it. The only worry is that they didn't come out ready to go and, uh, you know, with, you know, obviously Joe Boy's appendicitis, which can't be helped, that put him back a little bit. Uh, you know, the offensive line, you know, no pre-season snaps for any of the starters. Uh, That was the only worry. And sure enough, they just looked sloppier than a massive bowl of porridge falling out of someone's arse in the first half. Do you know what I mean? We were supposed to be AFC champions and we came out and played like a 4-13 team. You know what I mean? That was really, really like, what is going on here? Do you know? Well, yeah, it's hard to know where to start picking this game apart because there's so many factors that you could look at. But just just to start start off, I guess the thing. Well, no, 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 let's not. Let's do it properly, Nathan. If we're going to start, <laughs> if we're going to start, we've got to do some <laughs> reaccione. We're going to tear this bit of bread apart. We are. We're going to tear the bread apart and we're going to dunk it in Cincinnati soup. That's what we're going to do. Uh, but first, uh, how was your travels? Were they fun? Oh, fantastic, my son! Yeah, I did mean, you I, did I, you I, did you get a chance to listen to Hard Knockers last week? The final episode I, of Hard Knockers. I did. I very much enjoyed it. I watched it by the pool and was chuckling away. Um, and then you went. I, then you actually I, went off on holiday uh, as well <laughs> to you know life imitating art there completely. <laughs> Absolutely, I got the contract now. That's what the big players do. They get the contract and they take their foot off the gas. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
Well, uh, we've had quite a positive uh, reaction to Hard Knockers. It's never quite—you never quite know what's going to happen um, with something like that, with a little off-season experiment. So I'd, I'm really pleased that uh, it went down well. I've also got, <laughs> got some uh, ideas for season two next year. So all being well, we'll bring back Hard Knockers. And we've also had the offer of some guest appearances as well. So this could grow and grow and become an annual thing. But uh, that was the off-season fun and games. Now we're back down to business. Uh, so let's have some reaccione. Reaccione, reaccione, ole, ole, ole. Reaccione, reaccione, ole, ole, ole. Yes, the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Bengals in overtime at the death, 23-20, after, well, it was a game that was drunk all the way through, but then decided just to go and have some tequila slammers in overtime, didn't it? So it was a game that ended up legless, in a stupor, was vomiting everywhere, and uh, ended up uh, sleeping in a hedge. It was mental, that game, wasn't it? Oh, it really was. And it, it really reminded me a lot of that Green Bay game last year with the sort of madness in overtime, just that, you know, the Bengals, rather than them playing a bit of a powerhouse and a very good football team in the Green Bay Packers, playing against a, an <laughs> absolutely... I mean, it's very hard to sit there and slag the Steelers off when you've lost to them. But you look at that team on paper and the Steelers teams we've faced in the past, and especially with the injuries they had during the game um, as well. I mean, it's a really poor football team, isn't it? I mean, losing at home to Mitchell Trubisky... Um, I think it's a bit of a hard, hard pill to swallow. I wouldn't say they're a poor football team because I think with that defense, even with TJ Watt out for the season, um, God, there were some brutal injuries as well this this uh, opening weekend. That's one thing that I don't miss all these brutal injuries. But um, I think I still think that defense will will see the Steelers be in games, a lot of games this year. But offensively. I mean, we were terrific on defense, as you as you kind of knew that we would. Picked up right off from from last season. You know, the run defense completely shut down Najee Harris. I, uh, I was gonna I was gonna say that because a lot of people were saying the Bengals how poor they were, this, that, and the other. But you really have to give prompts to the defense that they just did not look like giving up anything at all, and they were excellent. And obviously, seven of those points the Steelers got out of the twenty three were from. Hmm. Uh, you know, a pick six, and then the rest of them are just the countless turnovers that the Bengals were giving away. Well, let's giving... Let, let's start. Let, let's praise them first because they played ever so well on defense. I thought DJ oh, Reedy was correct. fantastic. Sam Hubbard was great. Yep. Wilson and Pratt oh, again so, picked yep. up uh, when they left off. We restricted the, to the Steelers to seventy-five rushing yards uh, through five. I mean, let's face it, it's five quarters yep. really. Yeah. Yeah. And and weirdly, if you look at the stat lines, it's impossible to see how... Well, no, it's not impossible. Uh, it's difficult to see how we lost this game. Total yards, 4-3-2 to 2-6-7. Passing yards, you know, Joe, Joe Boy passed for th- over 330 yards. Rushing yards, 133 to 75 yards per play. Four, well, that's quite even, actually. Time of possession... 43 minutes to 26 
And then you're scratching your head. A, a kind of a casual, objective observer would be scratching their go head, going, "How in, 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 how on earth did they lose this game?" Um, and then you see the turnover uh, column. <laughs> we turn the ball over five times. Now a lot of teams don't don't win games by committing two turnovers do you know I me mean? or three turnovers it i mean to commit five turnovers you know yep. you kind of thought the writing was on the wall but then you know the countless times they the chances they had to win this game they were right back in it they it was basically like watching a game from last year yeah it's mad i mean you look at Joe Burrow and you think he, he threw four picks in that game and there's the other fumble that got caught, which, you know, could have easily been another interception. And there was a couple of others that I think one got negated, didn't it, or something like that. I, I don't know. But there was arguably he could have thrown five picks there. And you look at that stat line and you think going into this season, if you said, what do you reckon, how many picks do you think Joe Burrow is going to throw in a 17 season, um, 17 game season? I mean, some people would have said, I don't think he's going to throw more than five or six, really. You know, that that's the sort of level that someone like Tom Brady plays at. He barely gives the ball away. He's very smart with the football. And for him to be given away that many in that game is just so out of character for him. And we did talk about the lack of preseason games. And, you know, he didn't play in last year's preseason. He didn't play in this. And you can't help but think that that's had something to do with that. Because it was the first half was just, it was just so erratic. And... To be fair to him, it was the pass protection again. I mean, he got sacked seven times. I know people will sit there and say, oh, some of them are coverage sacks and people will wheel out every stat in the book as to try and sort of, you know, give it a bit of give it a bit of a positive spin. But the fact of the matter is that's too many times for someone like Joe Burrow to be getting sacked. And we've said in the past about that the Bengals got to tidy this up. They've got to keep him um, protected in the pocket. They've got to sort things out. The fact of the matter is you can't allow seven sacks a game. Pittsburgh allowed one um in that game and you think about all the you know there's takeaways that the pittsburgh defense um calls as a result of pressure as a result of some quality defense and that was ultimately the difference so really frustrating from joe boy and he, he can't be immune to criticism i don't doubt that he'll come back and play very well i don't doubt in many ways that this is probably going to be the worst game we see of him through the 17 or i certainly hope so because it was pretty pretty shocking at his end. Um, but you, you also look at the, the offensive line, and I know it's their first game together, and in many ways, the lack of preseason for them might be more significant because there's only one guy returning on that line in Jonah Williams. It's a complete new-look unit. You've got a rookie in there in Cordell Volson, which we'll probably talk about in a bit and how he got on. But you look at Joe Mixon, and I was surprised by this because to the naked eye in the game, I thought Mixon did all right. You know, yeah, some... I thought I thought exactly that. I thought he played really hard and he was really patient and he exactly. he won a superb long run. He caught. I mean, again, you look at his stat lines and um, uh, 82 yards on the ground, uh, 63 yards through the air. So he had a good all-round game. But yeah. then if you break it down... Yeah. Exactly. Uh, he was only averaging three yards a carry. Uh, now, that's not necessarily his fault, but, um, I mean, they were hard yards. Pittsburgh Steelers have got a good defence. We have to say that, and you have to acknowledge that. But, um, yeah, he didn't really break any tackles. He was, he was kept in check. Um, but, you know, he still managed to... 
to rack up, if that's the the phrase, uh, 82 yards. So I, I do think Mixon was a positive on Sunday. I thought he played well. He really, you know, really, there was some, as I say, there was a lot of hard yards there that he he battled through. And at one stage early in the first quarter, I thought, you know, he was, he was popping off like five, four or five yards a carry. And I thought, oh, he's good. he could have a really big day here. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, the Steelers took away the long ball which a lot of teams will be doing this year. The the, mm. the big play that uh, that obviously the Bengals have become associated with. Um, and they really struggled to move the ball in, through the air, didn't they? And that's, that's Joe didn't, Joe Boyd didn't look in sync at all. Uh, he wasn't passing the ball accurately. Um, but, you know, got better. Well, this could, this could, uh, and we're talking offensively here because we've already praised the defence. You know, you could say this about the whole offense. They started off poorly. The offensive line was <laughs> with all these new guys. Apart from Ted Karras, who I thought was great from the get-go, um, I saw Alex Kappa getting pushed back a little bit. I saw Lael Collins being repeatedly beaten by TJ Watt. Now, obviously, TJ Watt is a multiple defensive player of the year. And uh, you know he's gonna he's gonna get past a lot of people, but you know someone as solid and as reliable as Jonah Williams is getting beat regularly, and then we get to Cordell Volson, who I mean we said it didn't we? It's a baptism of fire against that Steelers uh, defensive line. Bloody hell, they were just I mean Cam Hayward was just treating him like an absolute nappy, wasn't he? Yeah, and we talked about it a lot, didn't we, last week? And uh, I very, very much felt that was a risk to plug in a, you know, a late round pick as such that's not play, you know, play D two football straight against that Steelers line when you're trying to protect Joe Boy. I mean, we've tried it before, and I just think we're position we're in this year, where we, like we've said before, we're a Super Bowl team. That's the goal. We believe we're that good. We should be. Um, you know, winning 10 games plus this season. I, I just, when it was so obvious last year to everyone that that was the problem, that it was the offensive line. I know they've gone out there. I know they've made some great moves, but I, I do think that entrusting a sort of, you know, a guy you've just drafted as a rookie that hasn't had an exactly an incredible camp. He, he's had a fine camp. He had a fine preseason, but He's not a first or second round pick with a ton of potential. He's a bit of a late round pick that seems like a bit of a diamond in the rough at best at the moment. And I just think to shove him in there day one, I mean, fair play to the geezer. He, you know, he stood in there and he, he did what he had to. But it, there was a costly full start in there when we were right down at the goal line. We didn't score a touchdown on that driver as a result of that. There was, he got beat a couple of times for a sack. Um I just I don't understand in that situation with the Bengals why you wouldn't have just got Quinton and Spain in there. I, he would have had a better game than that. You could almost well, they they got Max Sharping, who I think is probably comparable to Quinton Spain. So watch that space. But I will say this, Nathan, because as I say, as bad as the the first half was, the second half was much better. And you talk about sacks, and some of those sacks I think are on Joe Boy as well. And I think you have to reconcile the fact that Joe's game will mean him taking sacks. It's just... He's got to be careful, the geezer, though, because, I mean, regardless of whose fault it is, I, I do think that 
he can't be taken. There's only just so long that he's just going to get hurt again. You can't be taking seven sacks and other hits. There was other sacks that were negated by penalties downfield. There was one in particular that was um, defensive holding that was potentially questionable. That would have been another one on there. So he just can't take that many hits. And if you look at the best quarterbacks out there, they're good at getting the ball out their hands a bit quicker. And I know sometimes his game is to run around and make things happen and get on the move and spin out of a few plays and he'll get on a few, you know, ESPN top 10 sports center plays and all the rest of it, the geezer. But he's got to be healthy in five, 10 years. He can't just, you know, be Lamar Jackson. He's already had his ACL and his MCL torn up. He, He's got to be careful and we can't just let him be hung out to dry like that every single game. It's a serious problem because it's all well and good when he comes out of the game fine and we win and he's all right, fine, it's not too bad. But if he goes down, that is the franchise. You know, you roll Brandon Allen in and we we win six games if you're lucky. So I I just don't like seeing him get hit. Every time I do it, I wince at it. And, you know, if he has another big injury or he tears tears another knee or he, he, you know, he butchers his throwing arm or, you know, look at Dak Prescott at, at the weekend, mm. you know, that's your season done if, if someone like him that goes down for seven, eight games. So I just don't like seeing it. And I, I don't care who's, you know, who people want to try and pin it on. If it's him, if it's the line, I just think offensively Zach Taylor and the coaching staff have got to look at that and say, you know, look, we, we, we can't afford this Joe boy. Like you, you've got to look after yourself some. Um, some interesting stats from the offensive line, which seems to back up what we saw from the naked eye, that it was better in the second half, that they were playing, you know, they were getting there, you know. Um, this is via Ben Baby, and he quotes uh, some next-gen stats from the NFL. Yeah, they were 40% pass block win rate in the second half, and then 636 which, uh, in terms of where that place, you know, where that places that unit in the NFL, that would be a top ten unit, and that was in overtime. So they did improve as the game that's went when on. What was out though, which probably has a massive impact. No, on that's that. very true. But uh, let, let's have a look at some PFF grades. Uh, true pass blocking sets. Uh, Williams, although he gave up two sacks, uh, Jonah Williams seventy six point one. Volson seventy four point two. Karras 84.4, Kappa 78 point, well, 78, and Collins 49.3. But, you know, you could see they really overloaded that left-hand side of the line. Again, you know, Highsmith on Williams and uh, Hayward just lined up on Volson and just, as I say, just, uh, just took him to the cleaners, basically, and schooled him, whatever metaphor that you want to use. Uh, but, but I genuinely think they did get better as the game got on and Kappa showed some good stuff and I say Karras look particularly looked very good so yeah I mean what I will say is this I think Cordell Volson will be better for that game going forward I hope yeah, I mean, one thing you're doing, as much as I'm not a huge fan of the situation, the one thing you're doing is you're giving him some quality experience. And if he is going to be a good player and you do want to develop him and give him, you know, exposure, you're certainly doing that and you're, you're training him up because there's only so much better he's going to get on the practice squad or sitting on the bench. So, uh, yeah, if you do think if he is, if he genuinely has some talent and he's going to be a good starter one day, then we're giving him the opportunity. So that's the one, the one benefit I can see. But th- those PFF grades, to me, you know, I, I really do take them with a pinch of salt. Sometimes, yeah, that's not. To no, me, I agree, I- but it's interesting. It does show 
Yeah, anyway, it does show something. I think as well that the one thing you do have to give credit for, it's all well and good to look internally at yourself, but you, like you said, son, you've got to give some serious credit to Cam Haywood, TJ Watt and the Steelers. I mean, defense. they're all pros and they're future well, exactly. Hall of Famers. And do you know what I mean? Awesome. They are really good players yeah. as much as we hate the Steelers. Yeah. Uh, there was a few, And TJ Watt planted a bit of a dirt on Joe Burrow. Uh, did you see that hit? That sort of yeah, did, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a bit it, naughty. Yeah, absolutely dirty devil. And actually, the the challenge that put T out of the game, he was sandwiched by two Steelers. Uh, took his helmet off, and it was kind of looked like helmet to helmet. Do you know what I mean? So again, they were a... they were playing right on the line as the Steelers yeah. do. And that's why we hate them, because they can cross uh, that line. There's another pretty heavy play, he- looked helmet to helmet to me on Mixon, where, you know, where, um, I can't remember who it was, came straight off the line, and I think it might have been Haywood, or maybe Watts, sorry, just came straight off the line <clears> and sacked <throat> Mixon just as soon as he got the ball. But yeah. the thing is with the Steelers, Mike Tomlin's a great coach. He, you know, whether you like him or loathe him, he's a very, very good coach. He clearly like, exploited that matchup, and that's what – won the Steelers the game is their defence absolutely over over matching our offence and you got to give credit to him you know I mean we, the funny thing is as well you the Steelers defensive coordinator now a guy we know fairly well is Terrell Austin I know which, it was terrible for the Bengals yeah it was it was shocking for us but he goes there and we're all sort of laughing and thinking it's going to be a walk in the park and they've absolutely pulled our pants down and gives given us a bit of a throlic him well um also, I would say Brian Flores on that staff is helping as well. No doubt he's a good young coach who should never have been fired from Miami, really. But anyway, um, another thing that we learned at the weekend, the importance of a long snapper and how crucial it is to the unit in terms of timing, in terms of uh, synchronicity, uh, because it showed. It showed not just because... Uh, of the kicking situation, obviously, we know that uh, Evan McPherson, well, he didn't miss. He had uh, a PAT blocked, which would have won the game. And then he did miss horribly a, uh, a completely shanked, uh, a pretty chip shot uh, field goal in um, in overtime that would have won us the game. Um it's interesting because Mitchell Wilcox filled in manfully and dutifully uh, and he would have been normally blocking next to Drew Sample on that line and without Mitchell Wilcox on that line, Drew Sample had two people to block and one of them, Minka Fitzpatrick, who had already scored a pick six in that game, so kind of sped through almost untouched and, and blocked the kick. So great play by Fitzpatrick. But it just shows you it is uh, take one cog out of that that machine, that special teams machine, and it can go to to pot really. And um, it just shows you how important a, a starting long snapper is, you know. And just if something's just off by a a second or a millisecond or a snap is just like, you know, half a foot too high. It just messes with the timing of the whole operation. And unfortunately, uh, it happened to us. A lot of people having a go, uh, I think it's people just frustrated and angry and looking for people to blame for the defeat. You know, just kind of saying, oh, they should have had a long snapper on the bench. Like, no, no one has a long snapper on the bench, you know. Um, 
it's just, you just don't use a a roster spot on the Sunday fifty three uh, for a for a reserve long snapper who you know ninety nine percent of the time does not get injured. I think it was just terrible luck on Sunday, and it was almost like a a unique, unprecedented situation, really. So you know, hats off to Mitchell for standing in but yeah it just it was just a choker because we had that game despite however badly we played and we did in the first half offensively we had that game we had two absolutely golden opportunities to finish them off and Evan McPherson who broke his own his own field goal record in the game earlier on with Clark Harris as, as long snapper with a 59 yarder you know, you put your house on him with or without Clark Harris, but it just shows you, doesn't it, how, well, A, how crazy this game is, but B, how important, you know, everyone kind of says, oh, long snapper, you know, it's not an important part, but it's a really important part of the team, and we saw that on Sunday. Oh, absolutely, and you, you put Evan McPherson out there for that extra point, and the odds of him hitting that with a with an almost long snapper is probably 98, 99%, you know, I'd say. Um, he's probably going to miss one, maybe two all season at most. Um, gutting, really. I mean, the first one that's blocked, Minka Fitzpatrick's an incredible athlete. I mean, he was just an absolute demon in that game for the Steelers with the pick six. He, he had a fantastic game, uh, touchdown, stopping... Um, tackle of Joe Mixon. He was all over the field. He then blocks a game-winning kick. I don't know if he, um, when McPherson kicked it, if it looked good or not, or if it was shaping away. It's hard to tell. But, you know, incredible from him. You have to give some credit again to the opposition in that one. But I don't know, man. It, it's frustrating, isn't it? Because, I mean, we can talk about the second one. The snap from Wilcox is a bit high, and obviously, Kev couldn't get the laces round in time by the time that obviously... Um, but that really shouldn't make a difference in 25 yards. Well, that's what I thought. I thought, you know... Not from 29. And I, th- I think McPherson as well should have realistically been expecting it to not be perfect and maybe just altered his stance a little bit. I know obviously these kickers have got very regimented routines and you look in rugby about how they line up and they, they're very sort of robotic almost in their, their sort of lineup for that. But I think knowing that... You know, you're going to have a quick rush coming at you. You know, you don't need to get all of the power behind it. It's almost just a little chip shot, isn't it? You get, get kick it as high as you can um, just to get it in the way. I don't know. You could have even taken a one-step run-up. Do you know what I mean? And just, be, <laughs> right, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than need his whole thing. But I, I think knowing what happened before... Um, Might be playing on his mind a bit, you reckon? Yeah, I just... I, it's such a shame because thing is with that, you, you know, again, a 29-yard field goal... You got to remember, we're zero and one. You kick that, you one and zero. It wasn't the difference between a tie or nothing. That literally would have given us a really good win. I think for the Bengals, we're talking about them being a really good team this year. They've got a tough schedule. You've got to win ugly. All the best teams out there win ugly, and we're at home against a pretty bang. I mean, it's one of the worst Steelers team on paper we've ever seen. That Najee Harris barely even played because he got a knock in the game. Obviously, they were missing TJ Watt at the end. There's another geezer or two on defence that went down from their centre went out during the game. I mean, they really were banged up during that game. Mitch Trubitsky's first game for them. It's just a game you've got to win. And I think when you're presented with golden opportunities like that, despite how poor we were for large parts of that game, it's it's just such a slap in the face to not only yeah. not win it, but not even we got a tie. You know what I mean? I could have almost stomached a tie and it would have just been a bit of a mad one. But 
you know, a division rival, that that could haunt you down the road. If Well, you look at the rest of the division, Baltimore, Cleveland, yeah. both yeah. won. And obviously the Pittsburgh, the Pittsburghs did as well. So um, do we need to talk about Zach Taylor? Because plenty of people are. They're giving him an absolute shooing. Some people are, at least out there. Yeah. Um, he made some interesting decisions, of which, you know, if you listen back to his press conferences, I think he provided fair enough reasons for them uh i think the most the two of them the most egregious let's potentially the most egregious the one when it was quite obvious that jamar chase had crossed the plane uh you know what though you say that during the game i didn't think it was i didn't you know i right, I right, right. it was quite a snap play it looked like he was close to the line his body you know sort of looked like it had just gone out and you're at the, the inch you know the one inch line so you're almost not you're kind of expecting yourself to bang that over the line um but i mean yeah that's a big miss i mean they literally have someone in the booth looking at those plays on yeah, the replay yeah. trying to but it. i think i think zach said that he couldn't see from where he was well enough and the guys in the booth they were only getting a certain amount of replays immediately afterwards. Who's at the door, man? Are you getting pizza or something? No, sorry, just, just give me one sec, one sec. So, yeah, and then he wanted, because they were sort of down to fourth and inches, they wanted to keep that Steelers defence on the field and they wanted to put, I think it was fourth down, I can't remember what down it was, but they had either one more go or two goes to get it into the end zone and they still had the, either sort of, you know, whatever defence on the field and they wanted to take advantage of that, so they wanted to punch it in quickly. Obviously, it didn't work at all, but uh, that was the thinking, you know, just instead of uh, reviewing it uh, because they weren't quite sure whether it was or wasn't, they decided to go for it because they wanted to keep that Steelers um, defensive personnel on the field. So again, a reason, but I think today he's, or yesterday rather, he came out and said, you know, yeah, that's one I needed to do better in. Another one was that field goal, the field goal that was missed. Third and, what was it, eight from the whatever, yep. 15, something like that maybe. I can't remember. Um Third and eight. A lot of people saying, just let Joe Boyd do his thing. Uh, but the pub that we were in, because obviously we had a meet-up at the weekend uh, to watch this game at the Walkabout in Birmingham. Thank you so much to everyone who came down. It was good fun regardless. Met loads of new people that I hadn't met before, which is great, which is what we do it for. Um, I think everyone to... Uh, to a man and woman in there we're just like going yeah kick the field goal kick the field goal. just get this game over with get it done yep. um and i i probably was thinking that as well and yet there was a whole shit you know when i got back home and started reading twitter you know reading twitter and reading articles like there was a whole shit storm about it you know that the thinking is why on earth would you risk going for a field goal when you've already missed an extra point and you've got a replacement long snapper. Uh, you know, lots of things can go wrong there. Um, I don't know. And, and Zach explained it away. He said, well, we went for it on third down because that gave us two chances to to knock that field goal over. If we screwed up the first chance, 
uh, Kevin could just kind of, you know, spike the ball and, and we'd get another chance to do it. So, again, you can understand his reasoning, um, but it has raised questions about Zach's situational decision-making. Um, a few a few runs on, you know, second and long, third and long, that kind of thing as well, which, which was something a lot of people hated from last year. Um, but I have to say, he got us to the Super Bowl. Well, he didn't. He not just him, but you know, he he helped to mastermind a Super Bowl run last year. So let's give him his due. But yes, what do you? There were still a few head scratching decisions out there. Uh, what do you what do you think about the whole Zach thing? I I, <laughs> I don't know, man. There's <laughs> times in the past with Zach where I've I've questioned. Is he definitely adding value to this team, and is he is he really like making this collective team of players much better? And I, I really at times seriously question that. And then last season, the back end of last season was just an absolute masterclass, like from game planning to motivation to to everything that went with it. I thought it was just absolutely exemplary, and you can't knock that. The guy's got us to a Super Bowl. I mean. I don't think anyone in their right minds truly thought that was going to happen. And you have to give credit to him. You can't just put that on the players or individual coaches. You have to look at the leader of the ship and say, look, the geezer's done his job. So for me, I, the, this was poor coaching for sure. I think there were some decisions in there. Certainly the touchdown, you'd have, that's one that really we should have probably reviewed. That would have changed the game without doubt. The, the one with the field goal, I think, is very, very easy to criticise in hindsight. If I was in charge there, I was shouting at the screen, why are we not just running this, trying to get it as close as possible? You know, just give it to Mixon or whoever and just try and, like, you know, push it forward a couple of yards. Just give yourself a bit more margin for error if you're kicking. I know the difference between 29 and 26 yards or 25 or whatever it might be, you know, just makes it that bit more easy to kick surely you know that that you know some of us could kick a field goal from 20 25 yards it's just like if you can get it that close you just feel like it gives you a bit higher percentage chance so for me that's probably what i would have done i don't think you put the ball in joe boy's hands at third and eight i, I you know considering the guys throwing four picks that afternoon he's been sacked countless times if he gets sacked again or he fumbles the ball or that you know there's a turnover i just think why why would you do that when you've got a bread and butter kick you know there for you and the other thing you got to remember is that what i thought they might do is try and move it towards the middle or something give right, it a fizz, right, yeah, yeah. like you know but I'm, from memory against the chiefs he wanted it to the right hash mark that's where he kicked it from so he, right. I think he wants to draw it back so we we're already on the right hash mark i think from memory so i think for them they were like well we've got it here it's 29 yards it's closer than the extra point why not and you know what i, I again even with mitchell wilcox snapping it back you've got to say that you know nine nine times out of ten at least that kick goes through mm. and you're sitting there saying, well, we've won the game. And if that goes through, not one person on any sort of correspondence or Twitter is saying, oh, why don't we run it a bit further forward or put it in Joe Boy's hands because you've won the football game. So I think it's very easy to criticise him on that. But for me, I don't think there's a huge amount wrong there. I think if you run it a yard or two forward, that that kick was so far wide. Yeah. It could have been from 15 yards, and I think it would have been it would have been wide. You know, he could have kicked it from the five-yard line. I'm not sure that's going through. So... 
Yeah, I don't know, man. There's a few in there. There's a couple of plays. There's some other things that we could, you know, you could really delve into it as much as you want to. But it's got to improve, and Zach Taylor will know that he's missed some things there. It'll put a rocket up his ass. But there was a lot of players and coaching staff at, at Fort the weekend. It was an all-round very poor performance, and the Bengals will know they need to to come back from that. But I think we we need to be. You know, it's game one of the season. Yeah, I think you have to be not positive, but kind of objective about it and don't panic. I just think it it was one of those crazy games. It was a clusterfuck game. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. Yeah, from significant injuries. And that's one thing that you've got to come out. Major positive. Hopefully T's okay. Um, yeah, that that shouldn't be anything too long term. But you look at the Steelers; they've got a win there. You know, they're all sitting happy at one and zero. You've lost your best defensive player for probably at least five, six weeks, if not the season. No, it is the season. I think. Yeah, it is the season. Yeah, well, today that it wasn't too bad. Oh, right, okay, right, right, right. But yeah, either way, I mean, that's that's a huge blow for them. The G Harris got a knock as well. They lost a cut another guy. So, you know, in that situation for them. It, it's not ideal, but I think for the Bengals, you can't play a game as bad as that. I mean, it was literally across the board, a pretty shocking performance. And you're at home against a division rival that's pretty weak, an arch rival as well, not not even just because they're in the division. So that's got to be a kick up the arse of the Bengals. And every good team has a bad game every year. So they've got to get that out of their system. And they've got to, you know, they've been presented a golden opportunity this week against the Cowboys with Dak Prescott being out and then going up against Cooper Rush. Because most people on the schedule would have been like, oh, God, going into Dallas. Me included. Me included. Exactly. You're thinking, oh, I don't know about that one. So to be presented the chance to redeem yourself and get to one and one against Cooper Rush is is lucky. And I think if you'd said after two games we're one and one, what do you think? You'd pro- all probably be like, yeah, all right. That's yeah, not no, too- yeah, absolutely. Uh, once again, thank you so much. To, I mean, there's so much in that game. We could spend an hour or so talking about it. In fact, we are spending an hour or so to talk about it. Actually, we could spend several hours talking about it, but we won't bore you because it's we're recording this on a Tuesday. So the NFL marches on we're thinking about dallas now but let's just get some of your correspondences we are of course at who underscore uk on twitter bengals uk on facebook uh once more uh thank you so much to everyone who came to birmingham beautiful birmingham on sunday and it was a crazy night in that space as well but it was so great to meet people like ryan and kira and uh, omar Great to meet Nathan Sangara, who's done some stuff for us uh, via Zoom on on the draft nights. But to meet him in person was great. Same with uh, Jazz as well, Jazz Dillon. Um, I could go through Matt, you know, there's Matt and Sean and Jamie, the other Matt and and more people that I've never met before. Fantastic stuff. So uh, thank you so much. We will be having more meetups throughout the season uh, because why not? And also... I think it just reaffirms the whole thing, the concept of watching an actual game with other Bengals fans in a room is really quite good fun, regardless of the result. So um, we will be doing more of it. But anyway, let's get to your correspondences. Jamie at Trequart Beaster. Concerns and positives, he says. Joe won't play that badly again this year. Hopefully, Adomitis beds into his new role as the snapper think there's definitely room to be more aggressive on offense fewer runs on second and 10 and the like error with not challenging understandable but correctable 
Peter Danswell at Dadda's opening games throw at many strange results and performances. Got to hope that the Bengals' performance was one of them. From all we know of Joe Burrow, this will light a fire in him big time. Meanwhile, those who enjoy wallowing in negativity have been given something after that Super Bowl run. Oh, well. Paris Penny. Paris Penny. I'm not panicking about Sunday, says Paris. Oh, no, he's not. We'll be fine in the long run. What does concern me is that the offensive play calling continues to be unimaginative. Where's the play action? Why are we using empty sets so much when it exposes the O-line? The scheme, frankly, leaves me leaves much to be desired. I mean, we discussed about this empty set business last... And I just think Joe likes it because it lets him see the defence better. And yes, it's it's risky because you don't go max protect. But it was starting to work. It's not all the time either. I'd like to see a percentage of how often they use that on Sunday. But it wasn't all the time. Um... Hubei at the Hubei. Hello, Jess. Um, defense played lights out and proved they can get us out of almost anything. Murphy's Law was definitely in effect. Reminded me of Chicago last year. I have every faith that they won't have another game like that. I mean, you really hope. <laughs> you really hope not, don't you? Uh, Matthew at our underscore Matt. Uh, can we do a meetup every week? I find it really takes the edge of a bad results. Yeah, it kind of does, although I was quite angry, Matt, uh, on Monday morning. Um, Dan Newt at Davy Newt. No solid handle for that one? An average handle. Average handle, OK. I tried, Davy. I did try. Uh, Taylor's ga- game plan was weird. It was almost exclusively run down the middle from under centre when... Uh, then expecting Joe to hero ball us out on third. We need to be more inventive with play design. There's another uh, person um, who thinks along the same lines as Paris. Um, at MJ Stewart, Jason says, big reminder to take nothing for granted. Not playing starters in the preseason was a factor. Injury avoidance aside, spare a thought for the American listeners. My health insurance premiums can't take these can't take these cardiac events onto a strong response in week two. Here, here, uh, Martin at Dorset Bengal. Uh, Steelers played starters in the preseason and it showed. I know we'll get better, but it felt like Pittsburgh were half a game ahead before we closed the gap at the end of the game. Then all hell broke loose. Bloody football, eh? Ooh, I don't know. Um, Really sad, there, and it's a good point by Martin. Do you think next season, after what's happened this year, game one, that Zach Taylor would look at the preseason and say, "Well, maybe I should stick the starters out there for a couple of series." I don't think so. I just, I just think you have to weigh it up, don't you? You know, it's sharpness versus injury, and I take no injuries every, every, every moment of the week, really. Every, yeah. you know what I mean because and also it's a 17 game season you know so yeah I, know, so I think it's a tricky really tricky balancing act to, to 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 pull off I think it's really difficult Richard Dixon Lord Rixendale solid handle funny old game sometimes isn't it it was a tale of two long snappers, almost a spanners there. It would it would have been interesting if it was a tale of two long spanners. Uh, the Cincy long snapper got hurt, which arguably cost... Well, I think it did cost us the game. 
and the Steelers' long snapper is rather aptly named Cunts. So, you know, I'm not C-bombing there. That is his name. I'm not going to bleep it out because that's his name. More seriously, though, although it's a bad result, it's obvious the Bengals can and will play a lot better, the Lord says. Uh, the sky isn't falling in. The Steelers played to the best of their ability, which, quite honestly, was terrible. I think they're the ones in for a long season. Hear, hear, Lord. My Lord. Yeah, let's hope so. Bengals UK blog. At Bengals UK blog. Um, never felt more bullish after a loss. Now, that, that's an interesting take, actually. Shouldn't have happened, but this team is better than last year. It's just a fact. The errors will iron out and Russ will rub off. First taste of real football since the Super Bowl for the start is bound to have teething troubles. And also, DJ Reader is a MF baller. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Sean. Yeah, absolutely. And to, to all that point about feeling bullish after a loss, I, I did think when we were playing, we looked like a team that was very, very good playing very, very badly. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just confidence in Joe Boy and the skill position players. I mean, I was the thing is, like, individually, there were some real standout performances, not just on the defence. The defence, I thought, was brilliant, and there's some unbelievable players on that Hayden side. Hayden Hurst, what an incredible was, catch he made. Uh, just, in, you just absolutely jumped me there, son, because I was going to say, fantastic. <laughs> I thought he had, the, he had the strength to get the first down on one of the first catches yeah, he had. Yeah, that was great, yeah. That catch that he made on the sideline, the toe tap, for a guy of his size, absolutely outrageous. And I think he'll be a really valuable weapon for us this season. I don't think we'll really feel the drop-off from CJ's armour, which is excellent. And crucially as well, I thought Jamar Chase was fantastic. Yeah. He just he looked quicker, if that's possible. He just looked absolutely electric with the ball in his hands. And mm -hmm. you just have to feel that he's going to be a complete menace yeah. for this team this season. I mean, he already in that game, 129 yards and a score. He should have had another one that was chalked oh, off. And, and also that one where he made an incredible one-handed catch, sort of spinning yeah. in the air, and he just couldn't get his toe in. As I say, it was just a a game where it was mere inches away from a, a, a quite a resounding victory in the end, when it, even though everything went bad. Um, no, I agree. Will Thatcher at W underscore Thatch. It felt, well, he thinks... If, it felt like a, there was a voodoo in the air from the very first kick. And he says, Will says, it's the strangest game I've ever watched. Uh, Troy Snyder, at Troy underscore Snyder. Uh, easy to point uh, to not playing in preseason, a major factor in this game. However, the Bengals make another playoff run with mostly healthy players. This loss will be thought of as a necessary sacrifice. Good point. Dicko, at Red Red Ray. Um... Come on, that's got to be a solid handle, Red Red Ray. It's an average handle, son. Sorry, Dicko, my old son. Wake up call, he says, hopefully. The turnovers were the biggest factor in what went wrong. Defence kept it close and Hayden Hurst was encouraging. Ken Buzzard at Dr. Underscore Hooday. Uh, the defence played outstandingly well, allowing only one TD in a short field. The offence bounced back from five turnovers to win the game twice. If, and if not for having a third string tight end uh, doing the long snapping after Harris's injury, we win. Omar Siddiqui at, uh, now this has got to be a solid handle, at Omario Bolt. Um, I don't know, I still think it's an average <laughs> handle, son. Oh, you're being extra strict this year, aren't you? Read it out again, read it out again. Omario Bolt. 
No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, Omar says, not worried. Omar came along on Sunday. It was great to meet him. No, not worried about our season. That fourth quarter quarter comeback and Joe Jamar touchdown tells me that uh, all I need to know about our mental fortitude. Defence was also very good. We'll be fine. It was a freak first half. Sean, a disciple of Ange, it's a sad day as there's a good chance Clark Harris won't pull in stripes again, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Him and Hoover have been absolute mainstays of this team and should go into the ring of honour at the same time at some point. It's a great point. And also lost in all this kind of teeth gnashing and wailing and clenching fists at the sun is the fact that Kevin Hoover became um, yeah. he broke the record for the most appearances. So congratulations to Kev. He also had an incredible 58-yard punt in there as well. Which yeah, he did deep. punt very well, I thought. Um, very good. Uh, Newbold Warren presents us with several takeaways. Um, he says it was a fluky game, that it doesn't mean they're any better. Burrow and the O-line had not played much ball prior to this game. We'll be fine. And that seems to be, you know, uh, at Earl of Norks. Uh, that's got to be solid. That is solid at Earl of Norks. Adam, honestly, get rid of the WHU uh, at the end and just keep it to Earl of Norks. And Matt Gibbs at Wakey Ram, um, they all kind of say, you know, let's not panic here. You know, it's a terrible first half. We all know that, but there's no room for panic. So I think that's the overriding, um, that's the overriding consensus, really. Yes, poor, very poor in patches, but let's not panic uh, because they can only get better, which I agree with. Uh, right, Nathan, our online tailgates will be back on uh, on Sunday and we've got some great stuff lined up for you this year. Plenty of musical guests, food guests, some mucking about. So do make sure you check out our social media feeds for that. We'll be back normal time, 4 o'clock in the afternoon UK time. What's that? 11 o'clock in the States on the East Coast, uh, or at least Eastern time. Uh, so do join us on Twitter, Facebook, or and or YouTube. Um, Dallas, then Nathan. Fancy it? We we gotta win it because you you really don't want to dig yourself an Owen two hole. I know this team's good enough to get out of an mm-hmm. Owen two hole, and it's far too early in the season to be to be talking about anything else. But you really really wouldn't want to lose to, to uh, Mitch Trubisky and Cooper Rush would you um i think that would be a fair fairly horrendous start to this season so i think the bengal's need to get going if we can beat the cowboys that's one we didn't really think we'd have going into the season so you'd be very very pleased with that um especially when you're going to the jets after that and playing joe flacco so that's that's something to feel positive about um I don't know with Dallas. I mean, they've got some good players either side of the ball. I don't think Mike McCarthy's one of the bright, the sharpest minds in the game anymore. I think that, you know, him with Cooper Rush, oh, you've got really, really would fancy us in that. Um, we've, and we've got, you've got to hope there's all this chatter around the league about, you know, old Joe Burrow's going to be absolutely chomping at the beer. I mean, there's all those reports of him sat in the locker room on his own, still in his mm. still in his gear after everyone had left. And he he's going to really desperately want to go into Dallas and get a win. And I mean, the, the Bengals historically aren't great against the Cowboys, I don't think. Um, but you've got to think that we're never going to be anywhere near as bad as we were this week, they'll be desperate to get a win. The players, the defensive it plays as it did, and not going in against Cooper Rush, you'd like to think that they could, 
you know, potentially shut down um, that Cowboys offense. And if Joe Boy can play, you know, as we know he can, you'd hope we'd have enough to get past them. It'll be interesting to see if T Higgins is back. It's always difficult with those concussions. I hope he is because I do think that you take him out of the offense or Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd's good in the slot, but Mike Thomas is a big, real drop off, you know, that, that he had the catch to win it in the end zone um, a bit earlier in that drive and, dro- you know, drop that. That was right between <laughs> the hands, a good throw from Joe Boy. And I worry with him out there as the third guy, um, as the third receiver, um, just relying it all on either Chase or Higgins. So I hope Higgins can get out there. That Those three um, on the field together with Hayden Hurst, with Joe Mixon as well, able to get out of the backfield. That is extremely dangerous offense. Um, and I really hope T can get back in there. So I'm, I'm optimistic. I think we'll be the favorite with the bookies. We really should win. And I think if we don't win, there'll be serious alarm bells going off saying, look, you know, like I said before, we, we, we can overcome an 0-2 start, but there's some pretty serious games on um, our roster going down it, you know, especially towards the end of the season when you've got to play, you know, the Chiefs, the Patriots, the Bucks, the Bills, the Ravens, the Titans. You you don't really want to leave it too late in the season to be needing to get out wins. You know, teams like the Jets, teams like um, the Steelers at home, the Cowboys are the backup quarterback. They're games that really you should be um, chalking up as wins. So, yeah, I'm hopeful. I, I think we'll be a lot better. And I, I do think we will probably squeeze out the win. Yes, I am with you. I think um, in our season preview show, I said I expect us to lose this one. But you look at A, the way Dallas started, B, the fact that Dak is out, I think, um, and another couple of you know their wide receiver rooms sort of banged up a little bit as well. So you would hope, you would hope, as long as we can, we can handle Parsons and Lawrence and those guys on their defense. Um, I think we've got a great chance, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say we're going to win. So, uh, so that. Anyway, right, that's the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening again. Um, we'll be back next week, normal time, Monday, and um, don't forget our online tailgates, which start up on uh, on Sunday. So, with all that being said. It's a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.